Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Woo! Woo! Oh. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night, where it's never too late for the Leafs, where for uh, the second game in a row, the Leafs have shut out their opponents. So 44-44 for Matt Murray, and now 29 of 29 for Ilya Samsonov. Oh my lord, back-to-back shutouts, which, as Steph and I just looked up, has not been done since the three-game series that the Leafs played against the Oilers, if anyone remembers the pandemic days when we were doing those stints against other teams and uh, it was the first time that Leon and Connor had been kept off the score sheet for two straight games that was the time where we just caved the Oilers in so remembering back to uh, to some fun times for the Leafs as they continue to just obliterate everybody in their path four nothing now five nothing what is going on oh so nice. So much to look forward to tonight. Brody was back. We had Samsonov and Ned. Malgin was back in the lineups. SDA was sent down. And no one was really expecting this because Sean Dursey was in the house. And, you know, if uh, there's a Toronto boy on the opposite team, you you can probably, probably place a bet that they're going to score. But not tonight, son. Yeah. So Trevor Moore and Sean Dursey on the other side. Uh, usually the bets that you would make as a Leaf fan for they're definitely going to score. Those are obviously the ones the Leafs sent the other way in uh, getting Jake Muzzin and Jack Campbell. So not really trades that you can hate. There's a lot of them where pl- people are like, oh, why did Dubas make that trade? Yes, we don't have Jack Campbell anymore. Yes, Jake Muzzin is hurt. But uh, I think their contributions far outweigh what we would have gotten at the time from either of those guys. So... Nothing to hate on there. Great trades, uh, I think, in hindsight. I mean, at least good ones, I think. (laughs) Well, tonight, you know, I think this was a redemption for Samsonov. Uh, Coming into tonight, he's 6-2 and on the season, and one of those losses was against the Kings last time on October 29th. So way to play and, you know, get the shutout in revenge. And yes... Man, and that was against Cal Peterson, too, who, as we've said, has been waived <sighs> recently. So Bye-bye. Also, Bye. uh, apparently, Dursey bought about 200 tickets for his family and friends because he's a local <laughs> Toronto boy. Bought everybody a ticket to come to the game. And uh, we'll get to we'll get to it. But he had some... Uh, oh, every time he touched the puck. So uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah. yeah. Fun yeah. that Jersey uh, basically took a pay cut on the night and uh, gave it all up for his friends and family. Good on him. But yeah. yikes, a 5 nothing loss is probably not what they wanted to see. No, no. And another notable uh, lineup um, note, I guess, is that Connor Timmons played his second game uh, for the Leafs. And I think he did really well tonight, anchoring that second power play unit and... Uh, Man, when we had other players go down, they stepped up. The Leafs were down to 10 forwards, and they just made it work. They played like they weren't injured. (laughs) Like, they were just on fire with all of their best guys in the lineup. Yeah, Timmons is good. I mean, from what I've seen so far, these two games, it's not been, you know, there's not mistakes happening. He's just a solid puck-moving kind of offensive-minded defenseman. And honestly, I know the Leafs kind of have an abundance of those, but... 
I think he's been a great addition, especially with the likes of Riley out. And uh, he's a good little fill in there. Oh, hell yeah. But speaking of chance, uh, did you notice, I don't know if you caught this because I know you're at work, but Brody chance when he stepped onto the ice for the first time on his first shift today, which was very nice from Leafs Nation. Oh, uh, no, I uh, I did not catch that. I missed the, uh, the uh, missed the beginning, and I just came back to when the uh, L.A. goal was being reviewed. So those were the two instances that I missed in this game. Yeah, well, you know, he didn't miss much in the first period. No goals on the board. Um, it, it was repeated that it was Drew Doughty's 33rd birthday, so happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> But yeah, um, good for him. Yeah. Happy birthday. But yeah, the first period was a lot of <laughs> the first period was a lot of the Leafs. I mean, L.A. only had, what, three shots on goal, I think. The Leafs were just absolutely caving them in. Uh, there wasn't I mean, obviously nothing went in, but I don't think that that was kind of the setup for the night. Right. Like L.A. was on their heels. The Leafs are all over them. They're getting all the shots they want. And uh, I think that kind of set the tone for the night that. It was going to be uh, not a fun night for the LA Kings. Yeah, um, I thought Quick was falling all over the place, but I even asked our group chat and Beaner was kind of like, you know, Quick is an acrobatic goalie and I wasn't getting the replay. So I thought our boys were running into him a little more than once in the first period, but he was just all over, bouncing all over the place. A Kings player took him down at one point and Samsonov had to shut the door multiple times as well. But... I guess the biggest thing we have to touch on, this Robertson injury. Oh, my God. Uh, Zero so, days without injury, guys. Yeah, so I actually don't remember who hit him, but it was like he kind of hit him and picked up a little bit. It looked like just an awkward way to go down onto his shoulder. It doesn't look like the impact was what hurt him. It was the way that he landed. So thankfully... That sets it up to be not as bad of an injury because it's really just the weight of him. Oh, Robertson out for a while. Oh, no. That just came in from uh, Cali Cartel in our Discord, that update. I'm hoping we get more uh, than just that. But, yeah, apparently he's going to be out for a while. What I was going to say is it doesn't seem like it's bad because it's only his own weight coming down on it instead of the weight of a hit. Mm -hmm. Someone coming in full speed. But if he landed weird, man, that's... That's all it takes. Yeah, it wasn't even like how some people on Twitter phrased it, that he's a small statured guy and he can't handle the impact. No, he did not get crushed by uh, Roy. Roy actually can open right, him a little. Roy. Yeah, got under him, like you said, and he fell on his shoulder or his elbow. And I'm just hoping it's not a broken collarbone. I think this is the worst case scenario for Robertson uh, with just how he oh, fell. Yeah. I hope it's just, you know, maybe his shoulder popped out a little and it's an easy fix after a couple weeks of healing. But if it's the collarbone, it's going to be another year out for Robertson. Yeah. And this kid, sorry, I'm going to try to mute these car notifications from my phone. Um, This kid has dealt with mono, a broken leg. And now this, like, it's just been a really stunted development for him. It's just unfortunate. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. That being said, though, who is going to come up and take his place? Because we have yet a, another hole in this lineup and we just sent SDA back down. So might as well bring in a question right now from our buddy Callie Cartel. Actually, he asked this one on Twitter. Um, he says, are we back to curfew on a line with 16 and 91? 
We also, <laughs> I, I don't remember, somebody brought up during the game, um, would like to see Steve's called up to uh, mm. replace Robertson. So kind of a double-edged one here. Um, I mean, in the absence of Nick Robertson, like, I guess you, like, your next man up is, it could be Kerfoot, but I would, honestly, I would put Dennis Mulligan in there before I would put Alex Kerfoot in. Like, he's had a couple games there and he looked really good. He's fast. He knows how to play with these guys. And I think it's not going to hurt the third or fourth line as much if you take Mulligan off than if you take Kerfoot off and just leave the other guys out to dry. Because honestly, they were fantastic tonight. Engvall picked up a goal. Camp picked up a goal. So if you if you want to keep that going, I don't think I don't think it's as detrimental to uh, to switch Kerfoot and Mulligan than it is to to like take uh, both of them out of the bottom six. Yeah. What did we say last night? Right. I said if I had one wish to make a change in this lineup, I think Malgan should be in, especially on that third line. But tonight he was on the fourth, especially and getting juggled around. I agree, Roscoe. I think second line for Malgan, why not? Uh, they're used to having an, a player rotating out of that position anyway. So why not? He had three shots on the night tonight. Yeah, I I just feel like as far as a, a skill speed winger goes, there's kind of they're running dry here, man. And mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, Engvall scored tonight, and we'll get to his little thing. But it looks like he's gonna be. I mean, that's the other one we got to talk about because Engvall's probably gonna be suspended for a game, at least one, maybe two. Yeah. Uh, it... Let Let's just shift over to that. So, <laughs> Sean Dursey and Pierre Engvall get into a little spat in the middle of the ice here. Dursey cross-checks Engvall, and Engvall turns and basically just kind of chops him in the back of the head with a stick. I don't think this is match penalty warranting. The fact that there was no penalty on the cross-check from Dursey, like, they, were, they should have just sent them both to the box for roughing. I do not get why this was a game penalty. It was a game penalty because the giraffe got pissed after being picked on all game long, swung his stick to the back of this guy's helmet, and since he's so tall, it it hit the back of his head essentially mike johnson said at ice level it did not look as intentional as it may have on camera but due to ingval's size it comes across as a little bit violent in a sense because he was like oh oh fuck you i mean he's (laughs) angrily throwing one arm up at dursey with his stick in his hand yes you're responsible for where your stick goes and i'm not saying that this was like a hockey play that's not worth a penalty. But what I'm saying is it's not like he two-hand baseball swung it to the back of Dursey's head. Like, this was not... The fact that it was intent to injure is what the actual mm-hmm. call was, is bullshit. That was not an intent to injure. That was intent to, I don't like you right now, you're a dick. I'm not gonna... Like, I, I do not think that was an intentional injury. Like, intent to injure to me is when you step on the back of a guy's fucking ankle or like, what was that one? The, the one end of last year where it was like oh. the cross check down onto the back of the ankles. Like when there's, it's completely unnecessary and you're taking a shot at a part of someone's body. That's intent to injure swinging your stick. Like, cause you're throwing your arm over is like, yeah. come on. 
I think that was against the, uh, a Blues player. It may have been Shin or Kairu or something like that. I remember that. But uh, Luke uh, Lucas on Discord actually asked, uh, what will be the draft's punishment from the Department of Arbitrary Punishments? And since we're on the topic, honestly, man, I think it's going to be one game simply because he did whack his stick towards Jersey's head. And if it's a matter of size versus, you know, handling his... His anger, I mean, it was a bonehead move. It was stupid. Like, of course, yeah. control your anger, man. And obviously, when you're a Greek goddess and you have all of this muscle and you're a huge man, it's going to look Greek horrible goddess? for you. Well, have you seen him with his shirt off? <laughs> I like, mean, it would make him a Greek god, maybe. <laughs> or god. Oh, my god. Yeah. Okay. He can be a goddess in my eyes. Okay. Okay. That's okay. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> Hey, sexuality is fluid. Anyway, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a game. What do you think? Um, I think there's no history there of. Um, so let's just let's go through the graphics they're going to use. This is high sticking. Also, Garing <laughs> Ball has no history of injury or of uh, of suspension. This also resulted in a match penalty. The Department of Player Safety has fined Pierre Engvall $5,000 and suspended him for two games. I think that's not based in any sort of evidence, grounding, precedent, nothing. That's just, I feel like that's how they're going to watch it. They're going to go, this was dangerous. We want to make sure that though this is his first time, he's not going to do this again. Let's throw the book at him a little bit because yeah. this was... Like you said, it's a bonehead play. It wasn't necessarily dangerous, but it's like if you get in the habit of doing things like that and become Jordan Bennington, who's just like unaware of his stick and his arms flying around all, all over the place, you're going to hurt someone. And, you know, maybe you didn't hurt Dursey, but you're going to hurt the next guy you do that to. So just because of that, I think they throw the book at him a little bit. Yeah, I think the fact that his stick touched his helmet and he fell on his face immediately after and they can kind of judge how hard it was based on the impact of the fall. He might get dinged for that. If he just got shoved and didn't fall down, maybe not as much. But hey, we'll see. What did Matthews get for Darlene? Um, Wasn't that three or... See, like, I'm thinking they're going to look at it in a similar way because it's an intentional, in their eyes, stick to the head. Like, just because it's a head thing, we could honestly see two or three. I don't think it's going to be one. It could be. It probably should be because of the actual impact it had on Sean Dursey. But just because of them wanting to maybe send a message that be a, be a smarter player than this like they did with Matthews, like don't go for the head if you get, because it's the same kind of thing. Like Matthews was getting angry at, at um, Darlene because there were things that were just going unchecked all night and he turned around and took it out on his head. So I just think they might have a similar approach to, to Engvall here. Yep. Engvall got crushed in the corner in the first period by Walker. Uh, he was pushed around a little bit by Roy. And then in the third period, especially, it was Dursey and him going back and forth, yapping at each other, pushing, just uh, just a constant thing. So we'll see at the end. But the first period, I mean, there were a lot of penalties going a little bit back and forth here. We had two power plays for Toronto, which they couldn't connect on. We had good pressure afterwards, but then a delayed penalty call against Toronto, a uh, high stick geo against uh, Denal, but 
The King's power play, they were raving about it all night long. The commentators could not shut the fuck up about it because they kept The commentators going, couldn't shut up about something that the other team that the Leafs are playing is doing well? Oh my God, what a shocker. Yeah, man, like... I think they um, How do you think Tage Thompson would have done in this game, Steph? <laughs> I don't know. I think How many goals did. would Tage Thompson have scored? Yeah, the Leafs scored five, but Tage Thompson scored five. So, I mean, like, is Tage Thompson as good as the entire Leafs roster? I don't know, guys. I don't know. What I do Sorry. know is that Leafs are good at snapping streaks because um, the Kings had a seven-game goal streak on the power play, which they could not shut the fuck up about. 11 in the last 20. So, hey, not for you tonight. And the Leafs actually converted on their own power play to open up the scoring and no other than Pierre Ingvall, our beloved giraffe. <laughs> yes. Oh, right after PP1 could not enter the zone. Oh, my God. And this was a penalty for fighting out of all things. We had Zach Aston Reese kind of bowling over oh, Kaliev center ice, picking off the puck. And then his boy Lazat was like, nah, -uh, I'm going to try and take you on. But fuck, I'm a tiny guy and you are a huge guy. And this is not going to work out well. <laughs> yeah. So Kaliev uh, or Lazan got got dinged for uh, uh, slashing there to try to get Engvall's attention because he was slashing at yes. his hands like turn the fuck around I want to fight you I don't know how you don't also get an instigator penalty for that like the fact that they gave him because correct me if I'm wrong but if you get the instigator the other person doesn't get five minutes right I'm not too sure about that but because I, I think if if they deem that like you are fighting in defense because someone else instigated this then you don't get a five minute major I might be wrong on that but I but what it seemed like happened was they gave him the slashing call instead of the instigator because they wanted to send Aston Reese to the box as well because of what was going on with the other guys mm -hmm. how he was literally like fighting three people on that shift and they were all coming at him and he's like no get off me so I yeah. think it was like, okay, maybe we cool things down by sending Aston Reese to the box for five minutes. And the only way they could do that was by calling Lausanne's a, uh, a slash and not an instigator. Yeah. And another thing. Game management. <laughs> right. And another thing that irritated Ingval. But this was a night that I think after my whole day of bashing him on Reddit. I'm so sorry, Pierre Ingval. He finally unleashed the beast. Today. What do you mean you spent the day bashing Eggball on Reddit? <laughs> okay, I know that sounds so bad, but um That's yeah. amazing. What, what, <laughs> you gotta expand on that. What the hell were you doing? I posted our pregame article and pretty much people were just tearing up our third line and I was agreeing with them, kind of quoting us from last episode saying, if you don't move it, you lose it. And he is the definition of that. And yeah, here we are. He proves yeah. me wrong. Three goals in the last five games against the LA Kings, including the previous game this season. Oh my God. First opportunity on this power play. First NHL point for Connor Timmins and assisted by Kerfoot. Sorry, that was first NHL point for Timmons or first Leaf point? Or a Leaf point, sorry. Leaf point. I was going to say, like, I, whoa. Yeah, no, what no, the no, hell no. did we pick up in Connor Timmons? He's 24 and he doesn't have an NHL point? No, I thought... <laughs> Maybe he's going to say, I'm pretty sure he does. Digits now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, first Leaf point. Engvall's little uh, Matthews-esque shot there where he just kind of pulled it back a little bit, looks around, lets it rip. Oh, that was nice. 
Ooh, yes. This is actually so the then, seventh NHL career point for Connor Timmins. Nice. I had to look that up quickly. Okay. But this um, whole sequence. So then, twenty-six seconds later. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, interrupting our boy Mike Ross announcing the Ingvall goal. Camp just decides out of nowhere that he's going to snag this puck on the blue line and he's just like, nah, son. Passes it to Brody who looks up the ice. Long pass it to the neutral zone. Holmberg to Kerfoot to Camp. Camp just like, no, I'm going to take the shot. Kerfoot, mm, no thanks. And it goes straight. Kerfoot, you haven't hit the net besides the empty one. So how about I take this one? <laughs> Oh, last Eesh. goal on my birthday, October 27th against San Jose Sharks. They were saying on the broadcast that it was our bottom six coming through on the last West Coast trip. So I'm so glad tonight we've seen some bottom six players score again. Yes, 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 yes. So they actually, um, on the second goal, they forgot to stop the clock, apparently. They came yes. back on the broadcast. So they originally recorded this as 86 seconds, a minute 26 between the uh, the three Leaf goals. Because dun, 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 uh, Willie is going to pick up the third one in what was found out to be a minute and six seconds. So, uh, holy shit. After last night where there was just explosive game after explosive game, we had tonight the Leafs scoring three goals in a minute and six seconds. Like, I mean, I know goaltending is down a little bit all around the league. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of injuries to defensemen everywhere, every team. But uh, whew, it's making for some exciting hockey. <laughs> Four minutes and 53 seconds on the PK tonight for William Nylander. Can you believe wow, that? Wow, good for Willie. Good. That a boy, <laughs> you know. With, with uh, honestly, only Yarncroak and Robertson down. And then Engvall, I guess. Go- oh, man. Holy, they lost a lot of guys during this game, eh? Yeah, and they played like they had all of their top line guys, like I said earlier. And honestly, Nylander tonight, the puck was glued to his stick. He was poking pucks away. Even on the last goal, I mean, Walker seemed like he had the control of the puck. And Nylander's like, nope, pokes it away with speed, momentum, races up the ice, and literally has all the time in the world. Makes He made quick kind of look stupid and <laughs> scores the smoothest goal ever. Yeah, that was beautiful. And then, uh, I don't, uh, pardon me, I don't know the time between Willie and Matthew's goal, but uh, Austin Matthews making it a whole five nothing, like, Oof. Oof. or sorry, four, four nothing, four nothing. Yeah. Who was the last one from? Why don't I remember? Or sorry, it was. Um... What am I saying? Uh, the Nylander I, goal was the fourth goal. Matthews yeah, was the fifth I, goal. Um, who was third? The third, it was Camp, Ingvall, Nylander, and then... What am I What am I here? saying? Marner. Marner! We didn't get there. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my know, God. Marner's on a 21-game point streak, you guys. Yes, Marner is on guys. a 21-game point streak, and we didn't even talk. <laughs> guys, guys. Okay, I'm having an issue Sorry. with my screen here, and it's not showing me shit. But I have this huge paragraph describing this Marner goal because it's so intense. Just the whole sequence, the whole shift for Marner. Did you catch the whole thing, Roscoe? Or? The fact that he was down on the ice and managed to make this pass to Tavares. Just unbelievable. This kid is on fire. 
And oh. like the fact that we always talk about how he rides him and Matthews and, and Campbell, I think are the ones that, well, maybe not Matthews as much, but I'd say Marner and Campbell were the ones that rode the most on the emotions, right? Like, you know, if, if they're having a rough week and they're not feeling it, like you could tell on the ice. Yeah. I've never seen Mitch for 21 straight games be this on like he's been right. good. And it's like, it'll be like 10 or 12 games. Then it's like, you know, maybe one where it's okay. You know, he was good, but didn't really, didn't really see him much tonight. Um, and then he'll get right back to it a game or two later, but I've never seen this where it's, we're coming on a month and a half at this point of this guy, just every night, the best player on the ice. It's insane. We talk about in the off season how, you know, he's gained weight, he's matured, he looks more like a man out there. I mean, of course these are all he men. Too, according to the Leafs, all of them all of the team grew an inch or two in the offseason. Right. The, uh, the Leafs stats guys. But <laughs> this season, especially on this point streak, you're absolutely right. Like Mar- Mitch Marner, especially on this goal. Like I didn't think this was happening because the sequence before the actual goal seemed like JT and Marner were gonna get off the ice because they had Tibbins finding Marner in the slot literally goes off the skate the play is staying alive there's so many chances JT Malkin Marner back to Marner finally Marner on his ass to JT in front who slaps it and misses and this is the point in time where I thought okay maybe they finish their sequence they're going to do a line change sort of thing but no they're able to find the puck it gets flipped up JT goes straight to Anderson Dolan Puck gets passed off the boards to Marner, and he leans into it. This is what I love about this goal. He puts all of his weight and slaps it right into the net. None of this oh, flicky wrist shit. Hard. It looks good. Oh, it was hard. <laughs> but, yeah, so nice. So nice. And this is the point in time when I finally saw, the um, for the first time on the screen, Justin Bieber in the house. Yeah, they were showing the Biebs. Uh, he had quite the vaporwave jacket, I will call it, on. I want it. It's one of those puffies with, like, it was pink and yellow and green and blue and, like, all the pastels, there Easter were, colors. You want it? There, there was definitely no yellow. It was pink, purple, and a little bit of teal. And he looked like... I don't know, a Barbie mixed... If a Barbie and a unicorn and an alien had a baby. (laughs) He looked like one of the solo... The jazz solo cups turned into a person. Yeah, just because of the bug-eyed glasses, too. Those solo cups, the white ones with the green and pink, like, squiggle, and then it has the purple, like, swoosh through it. For anyone listening, I had to look up what the hell that's called once, and it's called jazz, and it was made up... Here's a little little tidbit of info that no one cares about. Uh, somebody who works for Solo Cup, they had a contest within the, the company to come up with a new design, and this woman uh, drew that. And uh, I'm pretty sure they bought it off her for like a hundred bucks, or she got like a hundred dollar bonus, like employee of the month thing. And it's their number one selling design ever. It's called Jazz by Solo. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, Bieber looked like that logo turned into a, a person. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I was shocked, especially to a hockey game, right? I mean, he likes the attention. Yeah, but... what? He's got fucking Drew X Leaf stuff and he's not wearing right? it. Like, what are you doing? That was what shocked me the most. Okay, so yeah. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm just pulling something up. Um, let's go to questions real quick, eh? Sure. Um, okay. Because if I there's a here. couple things I got to. Okay, you got it. Fine, then I'll come back. 
There's a couple things I want to touch on, and I don't have a ton of time tonight. But let's do okay. questions because I want to talk about something that's not game related. Uh, Vi Blues at Vi Blue and White says, "Is Mike Johnson the official ice level hype man? Genuinely love his reactions to an epic goal or a wicked save." He's good. Um, I'm just like I grew up listening to Joe Bowen, so I've just. I'm always going to have that soft spot. It, I know it's kind of like a nostalgia. Like, you know, it's like saying we never should have traded Nazem Kadri. Like, it's like, you know, it wasn't our decision. It was a network thing. They had to, they moved things around. A new network bought it. And now he's on the radio. That's just kind of the way things went. It wasn't like a, a decision that could have been changed. And I'm just kind of nostalgic for the old times. But I think Johnson's been good. Uh, fun fact, Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph are now aware that there is a Twitter account that creates, you know, the video clips of their announcing over top of the video. And they talked about it tonight. And there is a recording out there on Twitter. Uh, pretty funny listening to oh, nice. talk about it. But uh, cool. I like Mike Johnson. I think his uh, analysis is great. I like his honesty. Um, obviously, we miss um, who was there last time. But hey, I think it's a great replacement. Um, Scott says off Discord, join our Discord, guys. The link is in the bio. Um, with Ingval, Hall, and Kerfoot all unrestricted free agents after after season's end, is there a best time during the season to trade them, or would they more likely to go out just before slash at trade deadline? Ooh, interesting. I haven't thought about these three in this context. Um, the way that Justin Hall's been playing, you might be able to move him at the deadline if you wanted to and you wanted to bring something. Like, that might be part of a package. Like, if the Leafs are healthy defensively, come trade deadline. Like, if if Riley's back, if uh, Brody's still healthy, obviously Muzzin's a massive question mark. But if Mete and Ben are back, Lily and Sandine are on the ball, You've got Timmins. Like, I think you can afford to, if people are asking about Justin Hall, you can afford to lose that now, mm -hmm. I think. And he's played himself into a valuable position. Look, we're going to get to it, but there is a defenseman out there who is uh, aged and in a interesting position with their team, and they're asking for a first-rounder for him. So yeah. um, I think Hall is maybe not at the same level, but not far off of that other player who we'll get to later. Um, I think you could really get a decent return for him if you were going after somebody from, whether it's Vancouver or uh, St. Louis or Columbus or somebody that's that's kind of doubling down on, on this not being the year. Mm -hmm. As far as Kerfoot, I think that's going to be hard just because like what we've talked about where he's not been playing up to the three and a half million, um, you're going to be hard pressed to find a team to take that on for the rest of the year. Um, you might just end up letting him walk. Um, and then Engvall. Engvall is an interesting one because if he plays the second half of the season, like he had last year, I would give him an extension. But if he, I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys in the system that have a lot more promise than than Pierre Engvall. And if a team is willing to give the Leafs something for any of these three guys, I think just because of the expiring deals and the guys that are coming up in the pipeline, I'm, I hate to say it, but I think the three of them are all expendable. 
Yeah. Um, a lot of people have that opinion and I'm kind of with the camp that, and it's not what I want, but I honestly believe that management with these guys playing better going on into the season, they're going to keep them. Um, they love Justin Hall. Tonight, he led the team on ice 22-17 and shorthanded as well, 9-43. Uh, Sandine just behind him, 20-34, by the way. But I think the most expendable person, it's between Ingvall and Kerfoot, probably more so Ingvall, but... Um, I just want to tie this question into another one because Kelly Carstell says Leafs are more balanced. Leafs more balanced D. We have now righties Hall, Lily, Mac, and Timmins. Lefties Morgan, Geo, Sandman, Ben, Mete. Switch hitter is Brody. Remember the offseason talk? Geo or Sandy playing on their offsides. So this is a huge factor for me with this decision as well with these three guys because our D are finally balanced. And fun fact tonight, we had less left-handed D dressed than right-handed D. Our only left-handers were Gio and Sandine. Yeah, on the ice. Isn't that that crazy? That is so weird. That is so weird. This was pointed out in uh, Nathan Bondi's pregame article. So definitely check out those articles, guys. Uh, Little fun facts here and there. And yeah, just something you would never think heading into this this season. Absolutely not. Um, Also, um, as far as Hall goes, I just think the like just to to touch on the right handed thing. I know it. I, I like that we have the complete right side now. I just think that $2 million for a right-handed defenseman that is not playing as badly as he was in October, I think you might be able to uh, to get something decent if you're throwing him in a package with, you know, if it's Kerfoot or Engvall with him. Like, I think that it's a good sweetener. Yeah. Uh, because the Leafs got to move contracts and not picks right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's all the questions we have for tonight, but I just want to touch on the Matthews goal just uh, for one sec oh, before we end the game. I mean, wh- I was hoping for a JT goal to end it as well so we could, uh, could get a core four hat trick, <laughs> but this is all thanks to Nylander, honestly, doing the work in the Ozone, passing it to Matthews, right in the slots, tipping it right in, and also bunting in the neutral zone making the decision not to dump it in and softly chip the puck off to himself to Nylander, who sets up the play. So kudos to this top line, and it worked out. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like... Look, we we even talked about this earlier in the year. When the whole lineup is on, they're going to win by a very wide margin. Like, when you're getting goals from the bottom six and the top six, the Leafs are winning that game. I always bring this one up. When they played that game against the New Jersey Devils last year, where it was like 7-1, where they just completely caved them in, no matter who touched the puck, that thing was going in the net. That's what it felt like tonight, where it's every single line has the chance to score. Like, there's no line that's off tonight. Everybody's been on the ball. So I I really got to applaud the team for stepping up, having um, both their starting goaltenders injured. I mean, Shalgren is... I still think Shalgren has played more games than both Murray and, and Samsonov. I think so as well. Good question. If not, they're all at, I think, because they haven't played 30 games yet, and I'm pretty sure Shalgren started 10. True. Yeah. Wow. So the fact that, they, that they've not had their starting goalies, they've not had their starting defensemen, 
they're lucky that Matthews and Marner have stayed healthy through all this. Yeah. The fact that they've been able to keep this percentage of, of points up, like, yes, some of the losses at the beginning of the season sucked. Some of these overtime ones have been rough, but oh my God, like I've got people at work asking me, like, how are the Leafs doing? I'm like, well, they're third in the NHL. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Shulgren has behind played... The... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, they're only behind um, New Jersey, who just became like the seventh team ever to win or like 12th team ever to win 21 of their first 26 games. Meanwhile, the Boston Bruins have won 20 of their first 24. <laughs> so have the next two games to join as the 13th. So it, it's like every time the Leafs are doing well, it's the same thing last year. The Florida Panthers have their best season ever, right? It's like the Leafs have their best season ever, but the Florida Panthers have theirs too. And it's a little better. Like they cannot just be in first place. There's always someone on some other story. Anyway. And guess Here's what, that. guys? Boston is 21-3-1. New Jersey is 21-4-1. And, and the Leafs have beat them both. Hell yeah. Oh, so Boston did win tonight. So they got hit their 21. So they become the 13th team to win 21 of their first 26 games. Yeah. And they did it in 25. And Wow. Eric, yeah. Yeah. Eric Schalgren has played 24 NHL games. Uh, Samsonov and Murray have nine apiece for the Leafs. No, but this season, though. Oh, this season. This season, hmm. Shalgren has started more more games than them both, I think. Oh, yes. Uh, let me just check that real quick. But Shalgren, what's Shalgren's record on the year? Ten, actually. Yeah, ten. yeah. Um, Game starts were nine. So he came into in relief uh, once, I believe. Uh, he's three, two, and four. <laughs> nine, eight, oh, ninety-eight. But anyways, um, tonight, one more thing that happened, you know, Sean Dursey, hometown boy, just getting booed. I loved that the bench joined in as well. I mean, poor mom in the stands who's kind of like, go, Sean, go. Yeah. And then you have the rat. She had that that look of like, she's scared to watch. Like every time he misses a shot, it like physically hurts her. Yeah. Then you have our rat bunting, squeaking from the bench, <laughs> taunting him, saying, Oh, it's so funny. It's so fun. Woo! And like just joining in on the chance. And man, so good. I have one ass. Bunting's going to get himself punched in the face. Please, like, Micah. Bunting is going to get himself punched yeah. in the face. And I really hope, yes, I hope they have a mic on for it. Yes, please mic up Michael Bunting one game. Can he please wear a mic for one game? Like, you want some more viewership? Put a mic on Michael Bunting during a game. Like, bleep out whatever you want. Just get the footage. Like, (laughs) that's got to be priceless. I mean, the fact that there's so many of these clips from the handful of times these guys have been mic'd up are like iconic. Like, I always go back to the mic rep one. It's like, Going after the 22-year-old rapper? Yeah, because he's acting like a fucking idiot. You're fucking irrelevant out here, bud. What? You're fucking irrelevant out here. If you had any outcome on the game, I'd go you. But you don't. You don't. (laughs) That's such a good chirp. And it's like, I wish I could hear these all the time. You're irrelevant. I would fight you if you had an impact on the game. Like, what an amazing (laughs) diss. Man, back-to-back shutouts from our new goalies and... Guess who the belt went to tonight? The honorary belt. Who did the belt go to? Zach Aston Reese. 
Attaboy. Yeah, yeah. Attaboy. <laughs> that sequence where he just like, it's like bunting where he takes on a couple guys at a time. The Leafs have this way of like pissing off multiple players at once and just say, all right, let's bring it on because you're yeah. all going to get penalties. Three on one me. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I have a theory. Um, I think what really helped tonight, obviously the Leafs played super well. I mean, I applaud everyone for their efforts, but we didn't have to stare at the marble heads. We weren't blinded by the light oh. off these damn helmets. And I, like, last year, remember Cam saw his reflection and just fucking ate shit on the ice, like, just glancing up at Yeah, man, people were just falling <laughs> and, like, missing passes. They were distracted. 100% I remember that. Oh man. So I'm so glad they had the white helmets and we had Nylander, the first overstar with a goal and assist. Samsonov, seventh career shutout. Marner with one goal, 20 game, 21 game point streak. Damn. Let's Unreal. Damn, son. Uh okay. 13 straight games can... with points. Oh, amazing. Okay, so what I wanted to touch on here before I head out, um, this tweet, let me know if you can still, you can still hear me and, and you just can't see me, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So here is a tweet. This uh, CanucksArmy.com article is called The Bidding for Canucks Defenseman Luke Shen, former Leaf, has to start at a first round pick. First of all, are you fucking joking? Mm-hmm. What did the, can you look up what the Leafs, did the Leafs just trade him to Vancouver or did he sign there in free agency? I think they traded him. Um, what did he go to Vancouver for? Let me confirm. He went to the Phil- Philadelphia Flyers for James Van Riemsdyk. Oh, true. He did. Yes. So, and then JVR ended up back on the Flyers. Uh, yeah. So the Leafs were not complaining at this time period. I mean, you had no. Lucian who was a bruiser and JVR who had one, some of the best hands in the league and was the ultimate net front presence tipper. Yeah. And I mean, Luke Shen is a draft of the Leafs, right? If I am not mistaken, they either pick, they either got him when he was like 17 or 18 in a trade or they drafted him, uh, but he was with them from like day one. Yeah. Um, he was so- a first round pick fifth overall in the 2008 draft. 2008 draft, first round pick, and we're talking about giving a first round pick in 2022 for him? Come on. Come on. Come on. Fifth overall, he has 890 games under his name and 177 points, 724 penalty minutes, man. Is that a first rounder? Like, do we really need Luke Shin or do we need a forward? Someone on the wing of our second line. (laughs) Oh, I'm not saying for the Leafs. I know people were talking about when we needed a defenseman. Luke Shen did sound like a decent option, but I think what we've seen with the injury timelines is that it just wasn't worth uh, making a move for someone. So the reason I bring this this article up is because this was tweeted by somebody who I will reveal in a second. And here is the tweet. Luke Shen, perfect deadline acquisition. A consistent (laughs) pattern of top four quality play, versatility play, any pairing, plays low mistake hockey. Physical and tough, kills penalties, veteran leadership and winning personality, two-time Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> so this is somebody very much saying, like, de- like the perfect deadline acquisition is what it says. So teams, <laughs> you should trade for this guy. 
This was tweeted by Luke Shen's agent. He is under contract with the Vancouver Canucks who hold on to his rights and are the ones in charge of making a trade with him. I have never, ever seen, and this is from Ben Hankinson, his agent, tweeting out, hey, put offers into this team for my my guy because I want him the fuck out of Vancouver. Oh, and he is he is even saying this isn't a request for a trade. This is just I'm I just like that this article is boosting my client. Then why would you put trade acquisition like trade deadline acquisition at the top of the thing? Like this is borderline tampering. Like he can't like okay, so I I don't know how many of you listen to um Adam Wilde and um, and Adam, Alan Walsh's agent provocateur, but Alan Walsh described that a lot of these trade negotiations do get instigated by the agents because GMs don't all talk to each other. So the agents do have a hand in this, but doing it publicly is a whole other story. This is like when Marc-Andre Fleury's agent came out, which I think is Alan Walsh, and had the thing <laughs> with the, 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 the sword through him when the Vegas benched him right or traded him whatever it was mm-hmm. um or the robin leonard thing oh yeah it was robin leonard and flurry with the sword through him getting backstabbed that whole thing oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so that was like the first public agent like outburst but this is this is a whole other level of like openly shopping your client on twitter yeah never have i ever seen an agent uh put up a poster for their client and literally says please buy me please trade me uh we are in the market like no no does luke know about this i really hope so do the aquilinis <laughs> know about this <laughs> is it like, gonna be a oh blurry situation where they find out on twitter about the trade <laughs> well that's what i mean is like how many people knew that he was going to do this He's Luke's agent, so Luke must have known. And if he didn't fire your agent, because that's a huge step to, for an agent to take on their client's behalf while they're under contract. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Does he have a no move clause? Good question. Let me look that up. Let's pull up Luke. Let's pull up Luke Shen Cap Friendly. What's his contract right now? How much is he making and is it a no move? Yeah. Is he up at the end of this year? Let's see, because it's been a while since I looked at the Vancouver Connects here. And, okay, we he makes 850K. He has, okay. this is his last season on a two-year deal, making uh, 1.7 altogether. And uh, I don't see any restrictions. And mm. so... Please tell me when ever in history a player making $850,000 on a two-year deal uh, with a with no protections is worth a first-round pick. Last time he had a no-move clause was in the 2015-2016 season. Every other year does not. So I don't know if there it's worth one, it, guys. <laughs> there is one defenseman in this league who makes $850,000 who's worth a first-round pick. And it's yes. Mark Giordano, and he's already yes. on the Leafs. <laughs> the godfather, of course. Oh, my God, of course, yes. He needs so to get paid I don't... more. Oh, he does, but he doesn't want to. He just wants to win. 
He's made enough money. Uh, I just don't understand. I'm interested to see where this goes with, uh, with Ben and, and Luke Shen to see like if the Vancouver Canucks make a statement on this, like saying, no, we are not shopping Luke Shen or like, yeah, we just had, you know, we, we like that the agents are willing to help us out and like, look for deal. I I just want to see how they handle this. If they're going to try to like pretend that they knew this was happening or if they're going to try to shut him down, because what do you do? Like if they get mad at him, the only recourse they have is keeping Luke Shen, which they might not want to do because if they trade him, then they're doing exactly what Ben wanted. Do we see the tweet getting deleted or <laughs> like, is someone getting in trouble? Oh, it's too late. I think it's too late. It's gone around everywhere on Twitter tonight. Um, it's saved. I don't think there's any point in deleting it at this. Like it's not going to save face with, with Vancouver management. Now it's on our show and yep. The word is out. So you hear, you heard it here on Leafs late night guys. Luke shit is not worth a first round pick. <laughs> Uh, and with that, they just called rap on set here. I have to go. I mean, I've not been doing this while we're shooting. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Um, have a fantastic night. We'll be back on Saturday. Uh, Saturday is our work party, so I might hand this one off to you guys, or I'm going to come home drunk and do it at, like, midnight. Cool. Or we do it Sunday morning? It might have to be Sunday, because I also have a Christmas Friendsmas dinner that night. So it's either drunk okay. time or next day. Okay, well... One or the other. If you see the episode go up Saturday night, you might want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to li- or go to InsideTheRink.com for all your pre- and post-game articles. And we have merch, guys. Check it out. Join our Discord, Instagram, Twitter. Leave a, and leave us a five-star on um, here on Spotify or on Apple Music, wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. This has been Leafs Late Night. Till next time, we out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.